the new rich are people that value time and mobility over material wealth. And so living remotely and being able to drink a coffee in Colombia and watch the world pass by while you're just sitting there at 10 or 11 a.m., like that's the definition of the four-hour work week. This is the Book Talk Lounge, brought to you by the Reader Lounge. I am your host, Emiliano, and this is episode number five of the section of the show in which I talk with people from the community about very valuable transformational reads. My guest today is my friend Nick Hutchison, who you might know since he's the founder and face of Book Thinkers on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. The book that you will hear Nick and I talk about today is The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. The 4-Hour Work Week is all about productizing yourself, choosing your life, and joining what Tim Ferriss calls the new rich. So now, make sure that you get prepared to dive into this fun and valuable conversation with Nick about The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Enjoy. All right, so Nick, uh, welcome to the Book Talk Lounge, to my new show. Um, and yeah, how, how are you doing today? I'm excited, Emiliano. I'm excited to be here and to talk about some of my favorite books. You know, it's obviously one of my favorite subjects. So yeah. <laughs> congratulations on the new show, and I hope it helps a lot of people. Yeah, thank you, and hopefully it will. And well, as people watching might already have seen, we are going to talk about the four-hour work week today. And yeah, I would like to begin with with a story. So uh, with you sharing the story of how this book came into your life and what this and what that experience was like. Sure. So when I was towards the end of my college experience, I was around the age of 20. I was introduced to the world of personal development books through podcasts. And one of my favorite podcasts was the Tim Ferriss show. And I had listened to a couple episodes and I really enjoyed the idea of traveling the world, working on yourself, being a human guinea pig. And I was about to graduate school and take a full-time job. So I read the four-hour work week because the subtitle reads, escape nine to five, live anywhere and join the new rich. And I thought, what an amazing life that would be if I could actually create it for myself. And so I had a nine to five job. I read this book. I implemented what I learned and I was able to remove myself from the office, work remotely while traveling the world, leverage the 80-20 principle and just create this life that I didn't think was possible. And so I was young. I was a young professional ready to take on the world full of energy. And this book helped me do exactly that. And so how long ago was this? So I just turned 28 years old. So this was maybe seven years ago, seven or six years ago. And how many times have you read the book ever since? Probably five times. I recently read it again last year while I was living in Medellin, Colombia. Mm -hmm. And every morning I would go down to a local coffee shop and I would read a chapter of the four hour work week. And I would think back to those times. Like, I didn't know if this was really possible. I was reading the book. It all sounded so good, but could you really escape nine to five, live anywhere and join the new rich? And by the way, for everybody listening, the new rich are people that value time and mobility over material wealth. And so living remotely and being able to drink a coffee in Colombia and watch the world pass by while you're just sitting there at 10 or 11 a.m., like that's the definition of the four hour work week. And so 
that was the most recent time that I read it, but I've probably read it four or five times in general. Great. Yeah, I would like you to share what like the experience of reading the book was like. But I mean, since you have read it many times, I would like you to pick like the most maybe interesting one and, you know, share, share how the how the experience was. Well, the first time that I read the book, Tim says something in the beginning of the book that I thought was fascinating. He says, reality is negotiable. And what he means by that is that society has this set of expectations. It'll sound familiar to everybody go to college, get a nice job at a big company, climb the corporate ladder, eventually get married, purchase a house with a white picket fence, have your two and a half kids and your dog, grow old, retire on your 401k. Like that's the normal narrative, but that doesn't fit everybody, right? That just works for some people. And so Tim says, cast that aside, design a life that fulfills you as an individual and that feeds your basic needs. He says, get rid of the box, society's box, and that reality is actually negotiable. And so when I was reading that book for the first time, and I read those lines for the first time, they had such a big impact on me. I thought, wow, this is the toolkit that I can actually use. I can actually implement into my life to change everything. And it worked so well that I got reality is negotiable tattooed on my wrist. <laughs> nice. So that's how much of an impact it's had on me. And uh, that's what it was like reading it for the first time. I mean, I, I probably had goosebumps and I probably <laughs> ran around in the streets shouting, reality is negotiable. You don't have to live a life of mediocrity to everybody. But <laughs> it was a transformative experience for sure. Nice. And well, now, you know, talking more about like the book, because I have read just half of it. And yeah, so I half of it isn't undiscovered for me. Um, And so it is divided into four sections, right? Could you uh, share what the sections are and, you know, what like your key takeaways were from, from them and how, how you implemented each of them? Sure. Let me open up the book here and tell you a little bit about them. So let's see. The first is D is for definition. Um, the second is E is for elimination. The third is A is for automation. And the fourth is L is for liberation. So The D is for definition part. That's kind of what I talked about, defining the life that you want to live, designing the life that you want to live. And I love every aspect about lifestyle design. That's another term that I learned in the book. Hmm. The new rich, the people that design their lives to focus on time and mobility, those people are viewing life through a different lens. They define life in a different way. And I align with most of what's said in the book. And then he goes on to ease for elimination. That talks a lot about the 80-20 principle. And the 80-20 principle states that in any given profession, most likely 20% of your activity on a daily basis leads to 80% of the results. And what you can do in the four-hour workweek type of lifestyle is double down on the 20% and eliminate the 80%. And that's what he's talking about in section two, elimination. And so I've actually done this. When you think about it from a mathematical perspective, I'll try to break it down. <laughs> If 20% leads to 80% and you can double down on the 20%, now you're creating 160% of what you were originally doing, but you're working less than half of what you were before. So you've almost doubled your output and you've cut your input by over half. How amazing is that? And it actually works. A common example is sales. 
you know, people in sales positions, they have a lot of miscellaneous tasks, but only 20% of those tasks are leading to 80% of the new customers that they're closing. Eliminate the 80% and double down on the 20 that's actually giving you results. And that works in personal relationships, professional relationships, entrepreneurship, nine to five jobs. In that's school. what Tim's <laughs> in school. Yeah. 20% of your activity leads to 80% of the grades or 20% of your tests lead to 80% of the grades, things of that nature. Funny story for you. When I was in high school, I was taking calculus and I learned that, and this was AP calculus in the U S that's the hardest form of calculus that you could take. And my teacher said at the very beginning of the year that homework was only worth 10% of your grade. Well, I thought there's no way I'm doing any homework. <laughs> yeah. I could get a 0% and still get an A minus in the class. So I didn't do any homework. I was the only student <laughs> who had a zero homework average. All right. So part three of the book is uh, automation. And there are ways to automate things that you would like to eliminate, but can't necessarily eliminate. And so an example of this in the book is email. A lot of people have a lot of email in a corporate setting, and you can't really just eliminate it by not responding, <laughs> but you don't. it doesn't really fit into the 20% that leads to 80% of the success. And so what Tim recommends is hiring a virtual assistant, somebody to go through your email inbox, respond to things that are templated. If somebody asks this and you already have a response, the virtual assistant will respond for you. And then to sort of gather the most important emails for you and delete the rest. And that's a form of automation. It's outsourcing the work, but you're still getting it done. And so there's a lot of great recommendations in the book for that. And I actually used some of the templates that were in this section to take my office job and make it a remote job. So that was probably one of the biggest takeaways at first. And then last, uh, the L is for liberation piece. Oh, it's just the mobile lifestyle. And Tim tells these stories of living in Argentina and working remotely. And I did all of it. I went to Argentina by myself for five weeks and I experienced much of what he's talking about. A world where you can travel and experience new cultures and sort of just manage things for a couple hours a week on your computer, it actually exists. And so those are the four sections of the book. You know, it's, it's in, one, one question that comes to mind when thinking about this is like the title of the book. So it's the four hour work week. And you mentioned how it can actually be applied through the 80-20 principle and those and those ideas. But like, do you personally have a, a four hour work week? Or has that ever been like your your focus or, or your mission to, you know, to live that? It's never been my focus. I think that Tim sold us what we wanted to be sold, but then he gives you what you actually need, you know? Hmm. So The title of the book is a great marketing tool for him. And I think the reality of the book is to focus more on highly leveraged activities and design a lifestyle that works better for you. And if that's actually working a four-hour work week, I think that the book gives you the tools to do that. But what it's done for me is allowed me to focus on those highly leveraged activities and enjoy life more on a daily basis by doing things that I actually like and eliminating and automating the things that I don't like. Yeah, and then I I also think about some videos that I have watched in which people talk about like not trying to have a four hour work week necessarily, but on trying to like do something that you love. You think that well? Do, do you feel and uh, actually think that that's how you live right now? Yes, I'm very fulfilled, 
And that didn't come just from reading the four hour work week. It's come from all of the books that I've read. Mm -hmm. If you're watching this on video, I've got over a thousand books behind me and I've read over 400 of them cover to cover. And so it's not just the four hour work week, but yeah, I'm living a lifestyle that I love. I'm excited to work every single day and it doesn't feel like work. Maybe that's part of the four hour work week. Yeah. And then there is another thing that I would like to mention and to sort of bring into, into the conversation. Um, and it has to do with uh, Naval, Naval Ravikant. And I know that you have read his book, so maybe you could connect uh, this, this, well, what, what I'm about to tell you to his book. And so, yeah, I was watching one of uh, Andrew Kirby's videos. Do, do you know that guy? Mm-mm, I don't well, think so. Yeah, he's a, a lifestyle YouTuber, we could say. And he was like describing uh, a tweet storm by Naval Ravikant, in which he shared like his approach to uh, creating wealth. And it was basically about like productizing yourself, about making yourself an asset. Um, to not depend uh, on what we were talking about earlier on, like the usual path and the usual way in which things work and all of that. Um, And so he talked about three like main ideas, we could say. So it was uh, accountability, leverage, and mm, I I don't really remember the the third one, but yeah, the one that like resonates here is leverage. How do you, well, yeah, does anything come to your mind like uh, when you hear leverage um, and maybe you think about like Naval and the, and the four work work week and uh, how you have in- implemented this stuff into your life? Yeah, of course. I think leverage is, is a word that we should all learn more about. And I think the Almanac of Naval Ravikant by Eric Jorgensen is a great introduction to the term leverage and what it can really mean for you personally and professionally. Naval describes different forms of leverage. Some of them have more opportunity. Some of them have less opportunity. And so as a business owner, putting time into your business, like putting actual effort into your business is not very scalable because you have a finite amount of time. So that's a low form of leverage. Putting money into your business and paying employees to do work for you is also, you know, it's a better form of leverage, but it's still a low form of leverage. There's only so much money that you have access to and so much that other people can do with it. And so Naval talks about this other form of leverage. I think he calls it like low cost of replication or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you could think of writing a book one time, uploading it to Amazon, and then print on demand. Every time somebody purchases that book, you're hands off. There is absolutely no effort that you're putting into it. You're leveraging other systems that exist today. Another way to think about that same form of leverage and productizing yourself is creating video content or a podcast just like we are today. Tomorrow, somebody's going to be listening to this, but you're going to be way past that. You're going to be doing whatever you're doing. You're going to be at school. I'm going to be working on a different project, but people are learning from digital clones of ourselves, digital clones of this conversation, and that could be replicated all over the planet. And so while I'm sleeping, people are watching me. People are learning from me. That is a productized, high-leveraged version of myself using other people's technology. And so, yeah, Naval tells us to think about other forms of leverage that are low cost of replication and that are based on systems where it's totally hands-off. And I think the four-hour work week encourages you to implement as many of those systems as you can so that Uh, like a virtual assistant, as an example, I mean, that's a medium form of leverage, but that's 
outsourcing the response of your emails to somebody else so that you can focus on higher leveraged activities. Have you ever hired a, a virtual assistant? You know, funny enough, I have not. Um, I've outsourced. Well, I guess maybe I have. <laughs> well, yeah. See, I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely have. There are certain activities that have been outsourced um, to people in other countries at BookThinkers. And I would consider in, in some respects those to be virtual assistants or virtual workers. You know, there's a line in the four hour work week where he says, earn in dollars, spend in pesos and compensate in rupees. And what he means by that is earn in US dollars with the products and services that you're selling. You want to spend in pesos. So live in a Central or South American country where your dollar goes a lot further and then compensate other people in rupees. That's the Indian currency where you can get the biggest bang for your buck. And I, I think that's a great philosophy. Tim recommends a lot of platforms in here for general virtual assistants that can be used in a lot of different ways out of India. And uh, I have not actually hired any of those before. I mean, maybe when I'm using a platform like Upwork or Fiverr to outsource video editing or content creation or something like that. I don't really know where those people work, but or, or live, but yeah, I would say that I have done that before. Yeah, and well, just fun story for people listening. I used to work for Book Thinkers. It was a year ago, I, I, I think that we started working. And yeah, it, I, I can tell by experience that like earning in dollars and spending in, in pesos is, is like, it, it's just something great, <laughs> especially <laughs> if you're young like me, <laughs> because I mean, you, you aren't spending like, well, you, even if you earn just like $30, that's 600 uh, pesos. And with that, you can, I, I, I guess you could go it with your family to a cheap restaurant or whatever. Um, but I mean, if you earn multiple times $30, even if that doesn't sound like a lot for US or Canada or people from Europe or whatever, in Mexico or in Latin American countries or, you know, this, this, this geographical area of the world, it's like something very, something very nice or very, very exciting to do, you know, just uh, talking about like how you use your money and uh, how you leverage those, those things. And yeah, that was just something that I wanted to, to point out. Um, and yeah, so, you know, to start like wrapping up with the, the four hour work week, I would like you to, well, firstly, like share what your biggest takeaway was if it could be called that way or maybe like the biggest thing that you have implemented and if you could give like a real life example of that that would be great and well after that uh if you could also you know just review the book in a couple uh sentences so that people listening can like have the, the main idea of it well i'll do both so i think my biggest takeaway is a combination of things that we've already talked about i think the beginning of the book understanding that reality is negotiable, that you can design a life that suits you, that the new rich focus on time and mobility as opposed to material assets, and that life is more fulfilling when you automate, delegate, and eliminate low-impact activity, and you just focus on high-impact activity. That's the best way to live life because you have more time for fun and for play. You have less time doing monotonous activities at work. And I've implemented most of that. As we talked about, um, you know, I, I still have some work to do on the virtual assistant part, but I've created a life for myself where 
I live internationally over half of the year. And I was just in Mexico last week talking about pesos (laughs) and, and, uh, you know, I'm doing what I love. And there's an important lesson that Tim talks about sometimes on the podcast, which is that consistency doesn't always come from passion, but passion comes from consistency. And when you're consistently working on highly leveraged activities, you can create passion around it. And that's what happened for me. I didn't always love the book space, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's show, but I do now. I help other people make progress and I'm only focused on those high impact activities. And I've automated, eliminated, or delegated everything else, which enables me to live sort of a a free lifestyle. So this book, it's a little bit outdated now. I think it's over 10 years old, but the principles reign true and I focus on them all the time. So those are some real life examples of what I've implemented. You know, and one, another thing that comes to mind is that like outsourcing things or, well, at least from my perspective, outsourcing things that you don't like or that might not seem to have a big impact. doesn't mean that the people doing them will not feel fulfilled or enjoy or have a, a high impact by doing them. Like in my case, I did enjoy editing, uh, podcasts for book thinkers and all of that um and maybe that wasn't like that didn't have the highest impact for you but it did have a higher impact for me so we could also talk about uh, we could also talk about how impact is relative to impact is totally relative you're (laughs) right i'm people often think like there's this thought in the u.s that if you outsource work let's just say to india and you're paying five dollars an hour that somehow you're taking advantage of somebody else but if the average income expectation is one or $2 an hour in the geographical area that you're outsourcing work to for $5 an hour, you might be paying two or three or four or five times as much as that person would make locally. So you're giving opportunity because the United States, you know, for the followers that you have listening in the United States, um, it's a, it's a powerful country and the currency goes a long way. And I don't have control over foreign currency. But uh, for you, like you talked about before, if I value my per hour time at a specific rate and you value your per hour time at a rate that I'm comfortable outsourcing to, and it's a win-win for both of us, then that's amazing. Impact is totally relative and you can change people's lives by outsourcing work. So I would encourage everybody to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but also by experience and I I like that and that's also what I'm trying to do now that I'm turning the Reader Lounge more into a business than just a blog and yeah, I like that. Thank you for sharing this stuff. Thank you for sharing the value and for sharing the book. Yeah, you're very welcome. Tim Ferriss is an amazing guy and I'm, I'm happy that he wrote it and I'm happy that I was able to implement it. Yeah, great. Hello again, this is your host Emiliano coming to wrap up the episode. I hope that today's conversation was enjoyable and valuable to you. If it was, please consider sharing it to a friend and subscribing to the show. Remember that you can keep receiving value from the Reader Lounge by following on Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. You can find the links to those platforms in the description of the episode. That has been it for today. I wish you a happy and prosperous day ahead or a fulfilling and peaceful afternoon. My name is Emiliano. This was the Book Talk Lounge brought to you by the Reader Lounge. I'll speak to you in the next episode. Peace.